0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Backup, Jimmy Garoppolo stepped in and led the 49ers to a victory, and we learned that Lance is out for the season after surgery. And Kerry Davis and Randy Carricker go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. And our friend Nick Wagner of Edwardsville of M-I-Z-Z-O-U covers the 49ers for NFL Nation on ESPN.com. Good morning, Nick. How are you doing? I'm good, guys. How are you? Good. Kerry's got a question for you. Hey, Nick, I know it's like 7:19
0: out there on the West Coast. What time do you normally wake up? And is this an early uh, wake-up call for you?
2: Uh, no, I'm am an early to bed, early to rise type. So I, I'm usually asleep by nine thirty and up by about five thirty. So I've already been on the treadmill this morning. Good for so you. You, you. You can't get me, Kerry.
0: <laughs>
2: so, uh,
1: so you're spending more time on the treadmill today than Trey Lance is. Uh, yeah,
2: that's a, <laughs> it's a it's a brutal uh, it's a brutal thing. Honestly, it's it's one of those things too, guys. I know we we talked a few weeks ago and. We were talking about the quarterback situation and how unique it was and kind of weird it was. And, and it just, it, you feel bad, obviously, anytime a guy gets hurt, but in Trey Lance's case, this is a situation where we were kind of in like a short-term quarterback controversy. Like what's going to happen for the rest of the year? Because Jimmy Garoppolo is probably gone after this year when his contract expires. And now it kind of shifts into this like long-term quarterback controversy. Like what is going to happen for the long-term because The 49ers at the end of this year are still not going to know what they have in Trey Lance. I mean, Trey Lance is even going to know what he has in Trey Lance at the the end of this year. And so you're going to have a guy who, assuming he's ready for next season, and by all accounts, this is an injury he should be okay from in the offseason and be able to come back healthy next year, but he won't have started like, but the but just a few games since 2019. I mean, he'll have played like three games after that 2019 season where he was a starter. I think maybe it's five actually, but uh, it's still it's still a it's just a tough deal because the 49ers have invested so much in him to be their guy, and of course he's put in all that work to to become the guy or at least get an opportunity to learn. And now that all goes away.
0: Hey Nick, what does this mean with with Jimmy G in the fold for the for the offense? Obviously. Uh, we know what he's done in the past few years, but how much will this help Debo Samuel? He is the number two rusher right now, but number three in receiving yards. Uh, How much will this help him and getting George Kittle back at some point?
2: Yeah, Carrie, I think, I think Debo's the guy who benefits the most, uh, at least in terms of pass catching. You saw last year and a lot of it got overshadowed because of what Debo did as a running back toward the end of the year, but he still had a massive year in terms of receiving yards. um, And a lot of that came in the first part of the season. So, uh, I think he's going to benefit the most from having Jimmy Garoppolo back—an accurate quarterback at those short and intermediate levels. Where Debo Samuel, he—you know—Garoppolo is a very accurate quarterback on those throws in particular, and Debo run-after catches what he does best, and so. They kind of pair really well together in, in that regard. And then George Kittle, You know, obviously Kittle and Garoppolo go back. They've played well. Kittle's played well with just about any quarterback that when he's been healthy. Uh, but I expect him to be back this week against Denver, so uh, Garoppolo will have at least a full complement of weapons as he makes his first start this season.
1: Nick Wagner, ESPN.com with us on 101 ESPN. From the outside looking in, Nick, it appears that the players on the 49ers have a great affinity for Jimmy Garoppolo. Am I reading that Wrong. How's he regarded in that locker room?
2: Yeah, you're, no, you read, you read it exactly right, Randy. They love him, and I think part of it is you know they loved him before, and a lot of that you know when you win, uh, if you're you're, you're going to like your quarterback anyway, and they've done that with him at, at high levels. But also, I think last year he kind of earned a new a new level of respect uh, from those guys in that locker room just for the way he handled everything because it, it could have been very awkward, and there aren't a lot of situations like that where. A team who was, you know, very closely removed from the Super Bowl. Actually, it's never happened before. A team that closely removed from the Super Bowl has drafted a quarterback as highly as the 49ers did, Trey Lance. Um, And and Jimmy Garoppolo handled it well, and he he was very well aware. And I think Kyle Shanahan gets credit, too, for being very direct with these guys about how this was going to play out. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo handled it well, never complained. Uh, didn't didn't seem to you know hesitate to help Trey Lance. You know we've seen other quarterbacks talk about oh I'm not going to help the young guy. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't do that. He's just a very kind of laid back guy. And people you know Randy you remember and you too Kerry probably people talk about Mark Bulger all the time like because he was laid back and said but they confuse that for not caring and and that's not Jimmy Garoppolo. He does care very much but but his kind of casual approach I think uh, goes a long way with those guys. Uh, because they see the work that he puts in. Otherwise,
0: hey, I want to go back a little bit because you said um, you spoke about what it means for the Forty Nineers for next year. Jimmy G has a no trade clause; he can't be tagged next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey, uh, uh, Lance is coming off of the the injury. What what do you expect for this this quarterback position from a guy that hasn't played enough games and a guy that more than likely in Jimmy G you won't be able to resign?
2: That's that's the, the big the big question. Carrie is. What happens if Jimmy plays well? And let, let, me, let me start here first, actually. The kind of irony of this whole situation is, is you know, the 49ers are, were intentionally getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo or wanted to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo for a number of reasons, but the number one reason was because he couldn't stay healthy. And now <laughs> Trey Lance goes out in week two, and you're counting on Jimmy Garoppolo to do what? For 15 games. Stay healthy. So that's a pretty big ask. Uh, If he can do that and he plays well, he is going to get a nice chunk of change on the open market. And as you said, Kerry, he has total agency over that. Nobody can tell him anything. He can choose where he wants to go. Nobody can stop that. But if you're the 49ers and he does that, and let's say he leads them deep into the playoffs again, they have to at least consider trying to bring him back. Now, I don't know that they'd be able to afford it if Garoppolo does that well because I think he'd probably get a nice deal somewhere. But it's something that they would have to look into, which is just an insane thing to say. Like, it's just absolutely insane to have that conversation right now and talk about Jimmy Garoppolo not only staying last year, staying this year, and then potentially beyond this year, but this team is built in a way that they are in their window right now and it's really hard to imagine that they would go into next year with an unproven Trey Lance again uh, as just the only quarterback. I'm not saying he wouldn't be the starter, but as the only proven, or you know, in his case, unproven, only guy that they're counting on at the game's most important position.
1: It's really interesting. It doesn't seem like it could have gone any worse because it was my impression that, aside from Jimmy's fragile nature, the fact that he doesn't play all the time, they have so many good players that they wanted to have a quarterback on his rookie contract, right? You've got your, both your tackles, yeah. you've got Bosa, you've got Warner, you've got all these really good players that you're paying a lot of money to, and you didn't want to pay your quarterback now.
2: Yeah, and that's, it, you know, it's, it's, just, it, it, it's just a tough spot. Like, there really isn't a comparable situation to this. I was, uh, for a story that we reported yesterday, me and Tim Kuhn that uh, ran yesterday on ESPN, and we were kind of looking back at what is what is the most comparable situation to this. And the only one we could even find that was close was back in Cincinnati. You know, Carson Palmer got drafted, and he sat that whole first year uh, after being the number one pick, and John Kitna started. And then the next year, the two flipped, flipped roles. But even that, like those Bengals teams weren't good. So it wasn't, the, it wasn't the same type of situation where there was expectations to win, and John Kitna wasn't making the amount of money that Jimmy Garoppolo was either. So um, it, is, it is just a, it is a really unique situation. There's really no way to sit here and say this is how it needs to be handled because there's no precedent for it.
0: Hey, Nick, you all have a uh, a challenge coming up Sunday night. I, well, I don't know if it's a challenge. It's against the, the Denver Broncos. <laughs> I don't know how challenging it will be. Uh, what have you seen from the Broncos and and with Russell Wilson, and what can we expect from the 49ers this weekend?
2: I've seen a lot of cheesiness from Russell Wilson. that yeah. for anything? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I I just watched him a little bit yesterday, and I, I think the thing with Russell Wilson that's interesting is, and I always respected him a lot as a player, um, I've seen him do a lot of damage to the NFC West over the years as someone who's covered this division for a long time. But I don't know that he's the same guy. And and that's to be expected because he's, what, 34, 35 years old at this point. Um, but, you know, some of the escapability, his ability to run doesn't seem to be there. And I would expect there to be growing pains as he goes to a new team and learns a new scheme and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, all that let Russ cook stuff that was going on a, a few years ago, I don't know that he's capable of cooking a good meal at this point, you know? (laughs) Um, At at least not at the level that you expect him to for the contract that he's getting. So, um, you know, I never, you know, you never know what's going to happen in a game like that. Um, And Russ Russ has certainly had a hex over the 49ers, he's had a lot of success against them over the years, so maybe some of that comes back out, but I just think the 49ers defensively are as good as any team in the league and that's going to continue to bear itself out, so I think they would have an advantage going into Sunday night.
0: Yeah, Nick, I think you should ask Richard Sherman about letting Russ cook.
2: (laughs) Uh, I think think Sherman has showed everybody his true feelings on that one on Twitter, anyone that's been paying attention. uh, Sherman isn't exactly biting his, not that he ever did, uh, but not not biting his tongue now uh, that he's out of the game, so...
1: Hey, one more thing, Nick. And going back to the playoffs last year, is the the drop? I, I'm convinced that the Forty ers would have won the Super or the, it would have won the Super Bowl if if Tart doesn't drop that interception. Do you, do the folks in the Bay Area feel that way? Um, I think so. I also think that uh, the Niners fans are a very
2: passionate bunch, and they also. Um, kind of tend to, to be realistic about what what other alternatives could be in situations like that, and they've also been through enough uh, at least big games here recently where they you know they can look at it and say well this would have happened, but also this could have happened, and so you know that starts with that Ravens Super Bowl where there's so many crazy things that happened at the end of that game and they weren't able to win it, um, and then in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs where. You know they look at various things along there and say well, they could have they could have won that game and, and didn't do it. Uh, but yeah, I mean if he makes that interception and they go down and score, that game is probably over. Uh, but I will say that the 49ers at that point in the game offensively weren't exactly moving the ball well, and the defensive line for the Rams had kind of taken over. So there was a lot of ways that that still could have played out even if he had gotten that interception. But uh, I can I can guarantee that everyone in that building would have liked to have found out.
0: Hey Nick, the uh, nominees for the Pro Football Hall of Fame came out this year, and Navarro Bowman is on there, a former Forty Nine er. And last year, Patrick Willis made it to the finalist uh, list. Is there is there a chance for Patrick to get in this year? Uh, and does Navarro make it in if if Patrick eventually does get in?
2: Yeah, let me let me start here. I just want to say this, and this is pandering a little bit, but. It's time to put Torrey Holt in the hall yes, of fame. Yes,
0: we said that uh, earlier, <laughs> and,
2: and it, it needs to. It needs to be done. You know, it, I know that a lot of receivers. There's been a log jam and all that stuff, but some of these guys that are going in now were not better. We're not better football players than Torrey Holt. Not that they're not deserving, but um, it is time for Torrey to go in. So I just want to say that first of all, I do think Patrick Willis also deserves to go in, and I know his career uh, was a little shorter than others, but he was a dominant force, and you guys know that as well as anybody watching the NFC West over the years. Uh, You could talk to any Ram. I mean, Steven Jackson, I used to love talking to Steven Jackson about Patrick Willis because of the level of respect that he had for him and what a great player he was. Uh, I think Patrick Willis does deserve to go in. Will it be this year? I'm not sure. But like you said, being a finalist kind of usually is a a, kind of portends that that's going to happen at some point. Navarro Bowman, I think probably won't be a hall of famer. Definitely not this year. Um, I'm not sure that's going to happen for him just because, he was like Willis in a lot of ways but his his run was even shorter uh, than Patrick Willis's was in terms of, you know, longevity and things like that.
1: Nick it's always great to hear your voice. We appreciate your time and we always root for the 49ers against pretty much everybody they play. except for Pittsburgh Steelers going. <laughs> but uh, I'll be rooting for the 49ers particularly hard in 2 weeks.
2: Uh, I know I know you will. Always good to hear from you guys. Take care.
1: All right, Nick, thanks. Appreciate take care. care. See you later, Nick Wagner. ESPN's NFL Nation covers the 49ers and one of the great people in our industry Peloton, let's go this holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world class instructors
2: we're going to pick it up a notch, it's the holiday season, you might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of, work out to thousands of live and on demand classes from running to cycling to yoga, try Peloton risk free with a 30 day home trial